God said, let there be light, and bingo, there was light. It did not take some time in passing for that light to finally appear. Let there be light, said the God of heaven, and there was light. It's an awesome, awesome thing. In verse 6 of this reading, we're reminded of the children of Israel as they were being led out of Egypt to find the Red Sea in their way. I can imagine how they must have felt. We're being led out of the oppression of these Egyptians and how joyful they must have felt. And then they look up and here's the Red Sea right in their face. Now what are we going to do? Now what's going to happen? God made the wind to split that water in two and create a wall on either side of it while the people walked through on dry land. Have you ever considered the massive job that was done? There were 600,000 men besides their wives and children and livestock and all of their, their other things. Surely there must have been more than a million people. And God made a way for them to walk through on dry land. This wasn't something that would take maybe a hundred yards or five hundred yards. A million people are going to walk through. And God enabled them to do that. And then when Pharaoh and his cronies come behind them, they fly out into that dry land, no doubt rejoicing that soon we're going to have these Israelites back in our grasp. But then... The waters come together. And if there are any remains of Pharaoh in existence today, they are at the bottom of the Red Sea. All of his people died. Listen, this isn't just a story. This isn't just a tale of some kind or a movie plot. This really took place. Come, and see what God has done. The account of the Red Sea is not the only evidence of God's marvelous power and greatness. We are told that he rules by his power forever. He beholds the, his eyes, behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. We kind of have a, a habit today of exalting ourselves. When we reach some plateau in life and maybe we're, we're not even satisfied yet, we're going to continue to climb and the higher we get, the more proud we are of ourselves. Let not the rebellious rejoice. Let, let them not rejoice in, in their exaltation of themselves. When we begin to exalt ourselves, when we get proud and think we are a powerful, powerful people, and we begin to be 
proud of ourselves, we need to stop for a moment and come and see what God has done. I want us to see for a moment something that God has done. He tested us and he proved us. He did these people. Read verses 10 through 12 of the same chapter. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You have brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our back. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water. Is there any value whatsoever in being tested and tried? Note some of the things that God did. He cast them into the net. First time I ever heard of a net, a fishing net. When the Big Bay Ditch at Herman Junction would overflow and the big ditch running down in front of our house would be full, Bowie Woods would bring his net and throw it into that ditch and catch a bunch of worthless fish, but they all ate them anyway. The fish gets into that net and he can't get out. He said, you cast us into the net. That's a hard place to be. And then he laid affliction on our back. We often pray, and we should, for those who are sick and afflicted. He laid affliction on the back of his own people. I mean, they are having a hard, hard life. He let men ride over their heads. Troubles. Troubles abounding. He caused them to walk through fire and water. Wow. When I read these words, I think about hardship. They had been through it. Today, we quite often think about hardship that we endure in our lives. And we have them. We have things that come into our lives that we don't know how to handle. We can't handle. We can't do a thing about it. Just like these people caught it a net and walking through fire and water. We'd rather not go through those times. We'd rather just pass the times of trouble. We like smooth sailing, everything easy and pleasant type. Of living. Let's go to the New Testament moment. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. James says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Nearly every time I read that, where James says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Joy, my foot. 
I don't want to count it all joy when I have trials of various kinds. I'd rather just pass the trials up. But James says count it all joy. Why, James? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and steadfastness. When it's at its full effect, makes us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You've got to walk through the trials. You've got to endure the trials. God had tried these people. Come and see what God has done. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7, Peter says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, as was necessary. It's necessary to have trials, and you've been grieved by various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tried by fire, may be found to result in praise and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You've been through some things. We've all been through things that we could not explain. We didn't know how or why we came to that point in our lives, but we did. And Peter says those things will be good for us in the end. I don't, I don't understand it. You know, I don't know why Elijah was called up in a whirlwind. Do you? Somebody needs to tell Curtis if you do know. <laughs> and I don't know why we have to have trials. Except that those trials produce in us steadfastness. And it strengthens our faith in God. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 12 and 13 Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings. Listen to this. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Come and see. What God has done, he's tested us, he's tried us, and we are to rejoice because of it. Well, did that testing prove to be beneficial to them? I ask myself often, why, what, what good is to be accomplished by this? What good is there? Is there anything good that's going to come? I didn't read through that entire verse 12. Did you notice, did you read on that last statement? You have caused men to ride over our heads. You went through, we went through fire and through water. But you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Now, that's what I was looking for all the time I was reading these verses. That's what I want, don't you? 
You brought us out to rich fulfillment. There was something good there. We've got to resolve to not allow our testing and our trials to destroy our faith in a loving and merciful God. After the trials and the heartaches are over, the rich inheritance is going to be received. Don't you see? See what God has done? Step back for a moment in your life and see what God has done, how he has helped, how he is, even through trial and hardship, even going through the fire and the water, and being caught in the net and bearing affliction on your back. After that's all done, God is going to bring us out to rich fulfillment. See what God has done. God has sent his only son into the world. God has sent his only son into the world. Some may not admit this. Some may not like this. They may not, uh, they may not believe this. But that makes absolutely no difference at all. God sent his only son into the world. You know what John 3.16 says, don't you? God sent his only son. For God so loved the world... That he sent his only son. Our world was lost in sin. Every attempt that God had made to bring us under subjection to his will had not accomplished that purpose. God loved us from the beginning. From the time that he breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life. And he became a living soul. God loved him. And he loves you. And he loves me. What has God done? Well, he's he has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. He has reconciled us to himself. To reconcile means to restore to friendship or harmony. Back in the Garden of Eden, there was friendship and harmony between God and man. But Satan reared his ugly head and destroyed that. And then, after sin appeared, there was enmity between God and man. God could not come down into the garden and walk and talk and have fellowship with, with man anymore because there was sin between them, enmity between them. From that very moment until this very moment, the greatest need that man has is to be reconciled to God. And God made that possible. Not through parting the Red Sea. Not through any of the other great, powerful miracles that we see throughout the Bible. He didn't do it that way. He sent his son 
sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 5. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed for you were straying like sheep but now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Oh my. Straying without a shepherd. I've seen flocks of sheep Huge flocks of sheep. But there was always a shepherd. And I've often wondered what would happen if that shepherd just disappeared. Well, we were straying like sheep. We needed a shepherd. Now we have been returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls because we have been reconciled to God. We are friends again, don't you see? Isn't that something? Come and see what God has done. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5. <clears throat> and the verse is 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, Shall we be saved by his life? We've been reconciled to God. There's harmony now between men and God because God sent his son to die for our sins. I don't care what the world says. I don't care how powerfully they may oppose the existence of God and the sonship of Jesus makes no difference to me. I still recognize the power of God and the sonship of Jesus and my being reconciled to God by his son Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.18 All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Do you get it? God has reconciled us to himself through his son. And he's given to us the ministry of reconciliation. All over this country yesterday... There were Christians knocking on doors right here. Christians knocking on doors. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to do? Build up the number here so you'll have another head to count and another dollar to add to the contribution? No, sir. You were out knocking on those doors because you bear the ministry of reconciliation. You and I have the responsibility to tell other people how they can be reconciled to God. It's through Jesus. He gave us that ministry. Verse 20 says, Therefore, 
We are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. You are an ambassador for Christ. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am the representative of Christ. I am the one who goes to people. And you are the one who goes to people as ambassadors. Telling them how to be reconciled to God. Come and see what God has done. Isn't it a wonderful thing? To be made friends with God again. Listen, I don't want to be an enemy of God because I know who's going to lose that. I want to be a friend of God. I want to be a friend of God. We're in harmony with him when we're Christians, faithfully serving the Lord. The enmity has been removed through the sacrifice of Jesus. It's been taken away. There is no enmity between me and God today. Not because I'm such a good person, but because of the blood of Jesus. Almost said hallelujah. I didn't want the church house to fall in on me. Come and see what God has done. What does it mean that God sent his son? It means that we have been forgiven of all of our sins. All of our sins. Colossians 1 verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We've been forgiven of our sins. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. I'm so glad today. That we can be reconciled to God. And have complete forgiveness of our sins. Through the blood of Jesus. Come and see what God has done. That's what Peter was doing on the day of Pentecost. When the people cried out and said what shall we do? Peter was saying come and see what God has done. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter was saying, come and see what God has done. Come and see the, the, what God has done, the possibilities that God has given you. 3,000 people that day came and were baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. They were free from death. And hell. And sin. Because they did what the Bible said. What the Lord said that they must do. In order to be saved. Listen. 
If you're not a Christian today, you need to come and see what God has done. You need to come and see what God has done through the gift of his son Jesus. He's made it possible for you to pass away from your sin, the sin die, the sin be forgiven, the sin be washed away in the blood of Jesus. You need to do that today. I mean today. He's promised a home in heaven for those who faithfully serve him. A home in heaven. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. He knew they were. He knew their hearts were breaking. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there, they, uh, there you may be also. There's a big debate going on today among our brethren. Some say that heaven is going to be this earth refurbished. And that the saved will continue to live on this refurbished earth. Others say that heaven is another place that God has prepared for us. I believe the second, but I'm not worried about either one of them. I'm going to dwell where God is, where Jesus is, because Jesus has prepared it. Revelation 2, verse 10, Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 1, one of my favorite passages in the Bible, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle, tabernacle is dissolved, we have a building of God, one not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Come and see what God has done. Read sometime 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. We have an inheritance that is undefiled. It is imperishable. It is unfading. It is reserved in heaven for us. Beloved, come and see what God has done. No one else could have done and cannot do today what God has done and is doing. We rob ourselves when we think, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to live on for a long, long time. I, I, I don't need to be concerned about all of this just now. This becoming a Christian and so forth I, that's something I'll do later on. We make a fatal mistake when you do that. A lot of you are younger than me. I guess nearly everybody's younger than me nowadays. And I can tell you this. Heaven, the thought of heaven, grows sweeter every day. And the anticipation of heaven 
get stronger every day. Because I have come and seen what the Lord has done. I've come and seen what God has done. The government didn't do it. All of the gold in Fort Knox didn't do it. God did it through the gift of his son Jesus. Then why won't you come today repenting of your sins, confessing that Jesus is God's son, be baptized into Christ for the remission of sins. Come and see what God has done. If you're not living a faithful Christian life, come and see. He's made it possible for you to repent and to pray and come back home and serve him faithfully so you can go to heaven. Come. See what God has done right now while we stand and sing.